the best product. I've been involved in the Patagonia field testing program for a little over 20 years right now. For silent sports done in nature. That's the feeling. That's the feeling that I fell in love with with climbing. Cause no unnecessary harm. Of organic cotton and recycled polyester to recycling the clothing to measuring our carbon footprint. Inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. To give some love back to this river that doesn't have any. It's not getting any love. See what drives us at Patagonia.com. With additional support from Kuat Racks and New Belgium Brewing. So are sports. Climbing, surfing, skiing. They transcend languages. Ever seen two climbers mime the sequence to a boulder problem, even though they don't speak the same language? Or a surfer use his hand to demonstrate the proper takeoff point? And really, smiles on a powder day say just about as much as bro-bra slang does. Our sports are vehicles. They're how we see the world. It's how we explore ourselves and the world around us, whether it's skiing in the Andes or climbing in Halong Bay, surfing in Costa Rica. Our passions deliver us to places far from well-trodden paths. We share stories with locals experience incredible generosity. There's only one better way to travel, the most common language in the world. Music is a, is a fun one to travel with. At a bus stop, waiting for a bus to come, you can bust out your guitar and guaranteed, like, you can be kind of goofy and sing some songs and you're going to meet some people. I don't speak another language fluently. Like, you will meet people. And even if you're not playing a guitar at a bus stop, you just have it. Like someone is definitely, you know, what's up with your guitar? You know, let me see that thing. This is Jacob Bain. You may remember Jacob from one of our earliest episodes, A Brief Moment in a Beautiful Place. His music has appeared in almost every single one of my projects. I'm just going to say this because there's no way this is going to come out without me sounding like a total ass. He's kind of my hero. I'm pretty much a fanboy. Yep, <laughs> I just said that on the radio. There's something about Jacob's commitment to exploring this world and getting to know the people that inhabit and doing it in a creative manner that inspires me. And he kind of rocks. Actually, let me take that back. He totally fucking rocks. Jacob has recorded in Cuba taken his vast experiences in Southeast Asia and turned them into incredible cuts. When I was 13, my father turned my brothers into amputees. Cause with an arm cut off, you got the best chance to make the bread on the side of the sidewalk with the other hand outstretched. He's jammed out with legends of Malian music in a hut in Africa. You can hear his travels and his music. It sticks with him. The thing is, this comes from Jacob. He's not on some big label. There is no slush fund. He goes to Alaska to fish in the summer, does carpentry, just so that he can keep doing this. For Jacob, the music thing isn't glamorous. When he plays shows outside of Seattle, there might only be a dozen people there. Without a label, it's next to impossible to get the music on the radio. Even KXP, the wonderful Seattle indie station with some of the best world music on the planet, it's hard to get noticed by them. As much as I think he is, the truth is, Jacob, he's not a rock star. 
He could be. He's not, though. And he doesn't need to be. Today, we present a story about how a hook, how a horn line, a riff, they can transcend cultures, barriers, and take us around the world and back again. Some people end up big in Japan. Jacob and his band publish the quest. They're huge in Cape Verde. I'm Fitzcahal. You're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. The cuts are about to bring us together. So Jacob's been playing music since he was about 14 years old. He's played in bands ever since high school. But it wasn't until 2008 that Jacob decided to pursue music full-time. He wanted to get serious about it. He wrote the songs that rumbled through his mind. He handpicked Seattle musicians he thought would fulfill his creative drive, and he formed a band called Publish the Quest. Touring was second priority to recording. Yet even with all the passion Jacob and the band were putting into it, and a hefty dose of persistence, the group struggled to break through to the next level. I played the same clubs in Seattle for a long time. When we first started playing music, I remember somebody, I can't remember who it was, saying, oh, when you start playing clubs in Seattle, man, there's like scouts that come out. And this is like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Scout, you never know who's going to be watching your show, you know. And I always thought, oh, when you go play shows, you never know who's going to be in the crowd watching, you know. (laughs) And I don't think that's a reality. Enter Johnny Fernandez. Johnny was born in Mozambique and grew up in Zimbabwe before moving to Portugal with his family. He made his way to Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington to study engineering. Engineering pays the bills, but Johnny's passions lay elsewhere. I'm a lover of music. I don't have, you know, formal training in musical theory or anything. I've played, I play a, a little bit of music. Let's put it that way. I was actually in Seattle, I think it was in 96, and someone gave me a CD by probably the most well-known Cape Verdean singer, her name's Cesaria Avera. I'd never heard Cape Verdean music, and as soon as I put it in, I understood what they were singing about, but I didn't, re- but I didn't really know why. You know, it was such melancholy music. So basically, I just got a ticket and went. But as soon as I landed, I felt like I was at home, um, so much so that there were a couple of people asking me how my mom was. I'm going, my mom's fine, but I don't think you know her. I'm, I'm not. And they go, oh, don't you live up the road? I'm like, no. Now, if you just failed your Jeopardy geography quiz, don't worry. So did I. We had to look this one up. Cape Verde is an island nation off the west coast of Africa. It was a Portuguese colony until 1975 and has rich musical traditions. In Cape Verde, the music and culture are synonyms. Basically, just about everything is defined by their music. Usually um, in the evenings, you know, people will get around and play music and pass on stories, traditions, news, etc., all with music. But now things have been changing, you know, mostly because people now are putting more effort and spending more time in, you know, putting food on the table. I've been in certain islands where, you know, there might be one guitar 
And so it, it doesn't really lend itself, you know, for people to practice, to play. We need a way to provide people with instruments so they can play, provide instruments to the school so the children can play, you know, because there's a real need. Johnny started the not-for-profit Project Salt with the mission of helping to preserve the musical traditions of Cape Verde. Project Salt's goals include bringing instruments to Cape Verde, providing a music school, and developing music exchanges with musicians from other countries. Johnny dedicates not only his time, but a fair share of his income to make Project Salt a reality. He works six months in the Northwest, then spends the rest of his time feeding his desire to help and connect people globally. Change in just one day. Catch the midnight train to learn that they need to stay. It's hard to find importance in each word that they say. Sometimes it takes a page or more, and that's okay. I've got my stories leading me to who I Johnny was familiar with some of the band members on Publish the Quest. One had traveled on a musical exchange in 2005, another was his percussion teacher. He started showing up at the shows. At some point in time, Johnny started coming to our shows and quiet, observant dude in the background for probably six or seven or ten shows. I didn't even know who the guy was, and Jeff would go talk to him afterwards, or Mark, and and then the next thing I know, he's proposing this trip to Cape Verde. When it first got mentioned, it was like, okay, cool, this is a great idea, but I'm not going to like, you know, shift my reality, thinking that, counting everything, that this is going to happen for sure. And yet, Johnny was persistent. I could tell immediately that it was a very personal you know, trip for him and the cause is, was personal. And Johnny said, hey, Jacob, so we are going to go on this trip. So now we just have to, you know, we got to get some instruments together and figure out some visas and i got to get copies of everyone's passports. But let's not think, I think he said something like, let's not think about it like, what if we were going to, you know, we are going to go on this trip. By midsummer of 2010, they were. Johnny had rallied all the arrangements linked Jacob and his band with local musicians. To cap it off, Publish the Quest would play at a two-day festival of Santa Maria on the island of Saul in September. To an artist like Jacob, this was a pretty big deal. I mean, I think a lot of us have this idea of the music industry having a lot of money hovering around it. In truth, it's pretty difficult for working musicians. So to have someone like Johnny step forward, almost out of the blue, and organize something like this, it was huge. Publish the Quest... They held a fundraiser and reached out to friends and fans and began to collect instruments. We ended up going with a couple trombones, I think three trumpets, a couple saxophones, a whole mandolin case full of guitar strings, a violin, maybe some harmonicas, uh, some snare drums. Everyone just kind of pulled together to grab whatever they could. Johnny wanted to ensure a connection between Cape Verdean people and publish the quest. Acting as a catalyst, Johnny planted an idea. So with Publish the Quest, two months before we went down, I said um, to the group, we really need to learn one song, rehearse it with some local musicians, practice the song and play it at the festival. Because I knew that there'd be a need for a connection uh, between the band and the audience. It's a, it's a huge festival, you know, there over 10,000 people. So Jacob delved into the music of Cape Verde. I should say the music in Cape Verde is a really is special music. For me, it kind of feels almost like sometimes when I think of African music, I think of a lot of drumming. I think of the Kora or the Ngoni or thumb piano. I mean, whatever, Africa is so huge that how could you say African music? But in Cape Verde, it almost has this 
for me, this romantic Mediterranean meets Brazilian. Before I went, I got turned on to a woman artist from Cape Verde named Cesaria Avora. She sang the song Soldad. She made it quite famous around the world. It's a song that she did not write. It's an old song. It deals with social issues, with, with people being pulled from the island as slaves. Uh, it talks about the, I think Soldad is kind of the feeling of longing. Though the name suggests lush vegetation, Cape Verde receives little rain. It is known as the place where hurricanes are born. Some of the largest tropical cyclones to hit the eastern seaboard begin here, gaining intensity as they cross the warm waters of the Atlantic. The band, who a lot of them came from island communities in the Pacific Northwest, they felt at home at this island community, even though it was halfway across the world. During the day, they'd cruise around. They'd buy jewelry from local merchants. They delivered instruments to the music schools and shared music with the school kids. One thing that was really cool about those sessions was our trumpet player, Samantha. These guys were kind of asking, and the Portuguese they speak, the Creole, that is quite different from Portuguese, but they were asking, what's it like to read music? You know, And they asked Samantha, the trumpet player, if she could play something that they wrote, put something in front of her, and she played it. You know, She read it and played it. And it was pretty special, I could see in their eyes, and for them like to think, you can write music, or you can make something up, or you can play music, and someone from across the world, doesn't speak the same language, can read the notes you wrote and just play it flawlessly. I mean, these guys lit up. At night, they played music late into the night with folks. They listened to melodies and lyrics, searching for a song to play at the festival. They wanted to find the right one. They kept coming back to the song that had drawn Johnny to Cape Verde 15 years before. And eventually it got narrowed down to that was the obvious choice was Soldad. And the guitar, a guitar player that we met in Cape Verde, his name is Nelson, he showed me the chords to Soldad. And I think there's probably a lot of different ways to play the song, but I started kind of playing it in my little typical rhythm that I'd play a song in. And we started working out the horn lines and everything else and still keeping in touch with the melodies of the song. and But instead of having this kind of slow romantic version of the song, you know, we tried to kind of make it like our own little crunky version of it. And so the first time we actually touched it, it was in Cape Verde. And we practiced it out on this little sea walk, this wall, this walkway. And some local Cape Verdeans, as soon as they heard the melody being played, came out and started kind of teaching us the lyrics and, you know, singing along with us. It was kind of a special night. The painter on the bridge in the night parade. And here I am standing, staring at the sky. What do and I explains the importance of the night? The moon goes missing and the stars align. He whispers when he says that we should take this as a sign. Cause you never know who you're gonna meet or who will walk into your life and change the way you think. Maybe even knock you off of your feet. Make you rethink the way that you're doing some things. You never know. 
the day of the festival came. Jacob watched the stage set up and few people milling around on the beach. By 4 p.m., only a few hundred people had gathered. This wasn't quite what he had been promised or what he'd expected. Jacob wasn't sure where the thousands of festival attendees were going to come from. As the sun set, they began to trickle in. And by the time Jacob took the stage, over 8,000 people filled the beach. It's a huge stage. There's teleprompters on either side of the stage. People, looking back on videos people took, it's like my face up close and personal on this teleprompter on the side of the stage. Luckily, I didn't get shy that night because there's plenty of nights I just look at my feet all night long. Luckily, that night, there was enough like adrenaline and anxiety and nerves going on that everyone like was able to kind of harness that. They went through two of their own songs, slowly warming up the crowd before the big moment when they played So Dad. I started off, I started off with the chords. It's a simple song, so I started off and maybe it's like 10 seconds into it. I'm playing it. The guitar player that joined us, Nelson, is playing some lead. His guitar is a little bit out of tune, so it was like, ah, you know, but 16 bars into the song, the Adam hits a snare and then crack. And then all the horns and everything comes in. And as soon as the melody comes in, everyone just, you know, like, I mean, immediately recognizable. It's a hook, as far as I could see in my little excited in the moment tunnel vision. Cape Verdean flags are waving and arms went up in the air for the first time in our set, you know. People sang along, loved it, and then from there out, the rest of our set is like people, you know, appreciated the fact that we learned that song. And the song obviously meant a lot to people. Warm reception of the Cape Verdean people, collaborating on music, singing with Cape Verdean singer Liza Sanchez, playing a traditional song with his own musical interpretation, having someone who believed in his vision and musical ability as much as he did. This was a huge moment for Jacob. Johnny in particular as an individual is a refreshing person for me to get to know because he's super motivated. It's definitely refreshing that someone has a, we have a conversation one night about an idea and then the idea happens, the trip happens. And from the standpoint of me, you know, being passionate about traveling and about music and connecting those things, this is a person that absolutely's intention is to put those things together. And he feels that just a treat. It's a blessing to meet this guy. I mean, I'm content, like finding my own way. I'll find my way no matter what. The fact that here's somebody that believes in that, that wants to make it happen is like unreal. You know, it's unreal. I'm kind of living in a little, un, uh, my, my reality feels a bit magical right now. Do you think, could we like just put the little recorder on? Think you play Solid Head, bro? 
I could only, you know, I could only sing probably like the hook of it because most of it's in most of it. Liza sings, yeah, in Portuguese. Could you sing the hook though? No, let me try. Okay, let me try. Don't, don't show anybody this in Cape Verde because they'll laugh at my Portuguese. So dad. Ever the facilitator, Johnny helped bring in Liza to sing the Portuguese melodies. Johnny has orchestrated a release of So Dad in Portugal, and the single will release digitally in the States on iTunes mid-March. Part of the proceeds from the sale of So Dad will benefit the music project in Cape Verde. And Johnny is working on booking them at festivals in Portugal. This is an incredible step for Jacob. Congratulations. All the music today is from Publish the Quest and Jacob. Publish the Quest's new album, Then What, is set to release in early June. Jacobman is working hard to get everything lined up. He's headed to Alaska to fish for the summer and then hopes to tour in the fall. Stay up to date with the band by checking in on their website, publishthequest.com. So, we've got something cool to tell you about today. Publish the Quest's first single, Then What, featuring Femi Kuti, will be available for streaming and purchase later this spring on Patagonia's music player. Oh, wait, <laughs> you hadn't heard? Patagonia is doing something incredible. I've pumped about it. I'm just so excited about it. They're teaming up with this diverse group of world-class musicians to help protect and restore our natural environment. The musicians, they donate an exclusive song. You can go to Patagonia's website, check it out, stream it, and then go to iTunes where you can buy it. And then nonprofit environmental groups receive much-needed funds. Apple's even decided to donate their proceeds too. You can stream music from up-and-coming artists like Publish the Quest. And you can also download the iPhone app and check out Volume 1 by listening to the music and video tab on patagonia.com. New tunes will be released regularly. Stay tuned. This is something that could change the way music world works. If you can afford a latte, you can buy a song. If you have a latte every day, you can buy a whole album. Support the artists and support environmental groups. Support for the show also comes from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. Check them out online at kuatracks.com. Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing. 
I'm Fitzka Hall, and you've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Saudade de tão